this, 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 this show is brought to you by Safety FM. The following program is rated for mature audiences and may contain adult language, adult situations, and frank safety discussions. The names and certain details have been changed to protect the safe and the unsafe. But believe me, every item in here is true. Working with your procurement people, it's a really important part of safety, today on Safety Wars. Last week we celebrated Fall Protection Week in the safety industry if you're in the United States. All of our projects had a presentation on fall protection, and we had a full-blown safety stand-down on many of our projects. Remember, if you've done this last week, you need to get a certificate from OSHA. It's available on OSHA.gov. We had a demonstration of the different styles of fall protection, different situations, fall protection distances, things of that nature. We discussed what we normally see on these jobs, went over the hazards, tried to give people ideas and solutions. Some of the comments we received back were, my company will only buy certain pieces of fall protection and will not buy any of the equipment you have here. Or, we will buy them only on your project because we know you will enforce the rules. This needs to be a larger discussion. Like, who is buying your stuff? Especially since falls are the leading causes of injuries and fatalities in the workplace, you would think that something would indicate that you have to put some time, effort, maybe a little bit of money into it as a avoidance cost. So what do we have in these situations? People in charge of buying fall protection equipment often buy a lanyard, that's a six foot shock absorbing lanyard, or what we call them nowadays, a energy absorbing lanyard, and a harness, nothing else, because that is what fall protection is for them. Fall protection, as we know, is much more as assessments, hierarchy of controls, eliminating hazards rather than just going out, buying equipment and throwing it at the problem. You need training, assessments, hazard awareness, all different kinds of stuff. In case you're not familiar, a six-foot shock-absorbing lanyard is typically only good for when you have fall protection distances of 18 and a half feet, 19 feet or higher, depending on the manufacturer. And just going out and throwing a self-retracting lifeline to people, that doesn't solve the problem all the time either. Where does this go, go into, right, all of this? Where am I going with this? About eight years ago, I was hired to do a general industry outreach course. As part of the course, I was talking about fall protection. Being it's general industry, we talk about walking and working surfaces, and we mention fall protection not as much, but it depends on how the course is set up and everything else. So, what happens? The client says, hey, time out, Jimmy. Hold on. We were taking 15 minutes here. And I said, well, well, look, we got a time limit here. You know, we got to hit our numbers for the OSHA stuff. We can't just take that off somewhere. And they said, don't worry, we're going to hit your numbers and everything else. Everyone's staying 15 minutes later. We'll handle this, whatever it is. I said, okay, I'm not going to get into trouble for this. I thought I did something wrong. 15 minutes later, the head of procurement comes in. And I'm told to please review the last 10 minutes of your class on how to use fall protection and the appropriate anchorage points. About five minutes into the discussion, he gets up and he starts MFing me. All right? I won't use the whole thing. I don't like to use profanity, but he says, all right, so I'm effing me, right? I stood my ground and I asked him, how much money did he spend on all this fall protection? Right? I was in part called in to talk about these issues because you're trying to do your safety thing here, improve safety conditions here. You had a whole bunch of catastrophic incidents here. He stated, oh, roughly about $40,000. I asked him, if you had someone do an assessment, write a plan, provide training, or anything else, or did you just buy it? He calmed down a little bit, right? 
And he said he just bought it because it's fall protection. What's the big deal, right? I ended up coming back a couple of weeks later because his boss happened to be in the in the uh, training class and said, you know what, we need fall protection, uh, user training, we need competent person training, and by the way, we want to hire you as a qualified person to go and help us with all these issues and everything else. So we took care of him. They also made him apologize. But what's going on here? All right. His boss, after he took the outreach training class, put a value on safety. But what happened before then? What's the context here? All right. The C-suite people who you need to talk to, who need to be involved, they do not value safety. They don't know what's going on in our world. A couple years later, no, we thought that we did our job. We went in. Made the place safer, fall protection, no fall protection issues. We're on the job. A couple years later, the place burned down to the ground. Why? Right? They were really good for a year or two. The safety manager retired. They brought in a new person. Everything went to crap. And they ended up burning down the facility down to the ground. But that's a story for another day. That's another crazy story. Let's talk about how safety people would normally handle this, especially in the past. We're trying to get beyond this adversarial system and shame and blame and everything. How would this all be handled? Blame the worker. And both of the stories I talk talk about, right? A worker's not getting the right equipment and therefore not using the right equipment, not using it properly and everything else. Is that really the worker's fault? Workers are doing the best they can, right? I've been on projects with companies you've all heard of that automatically, well, the worker's not doing this, throw them off. Worker's not using the equipment, right? Turn it off. No, throw them off. No, stop what you're doing and everything else. It doesn't really get your project done and you're working against people. Gives us bad names and now, hey, asshole safety person is out there throwing people out. And now later on, you have issues going on The next with the next project. And guess what? If that project doesn't end on time, within budget, and without problems, they'll never have you back as a safety person or your company back if you're a consultant. So what's my point with this? You gotta go higher up than that. Who's buying them the equipment? What's their budget? I've been on jobs where the estimators who originally bid on the job, none of them knew anything about fall protection, and they just said, well, look, we're gonna follow OSHA guidelines, and that's it. And it turns out that the company was supposed to buy thirty-five, dollars $50,000 in fall protection equipment, which now they didn't buy. Now their workers are all uh, uh, at risk. Is that really the worker's fault? That estimator is down living on St. John's somewhere on the beach. On a couple of these jobs, not giving a darn what goes on. Again, go a little bit deeper. Don't blame the worker. Talk with the management. Get in with that C-suite. Work with your procurement people. A, a little bit of honey is a little bit better than vinegar with getting these folks on board with safety. And sometimes you have to be very assertive, not confrontational. For Safety Wars, this is Jim Polson. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the host and its guest and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the company. Examples of analysis discussed within this podcast are only examples. They should not be utilized in the real world as the only solution available as they are based only on very limited and dated open source information. Assumptions made within this analysis are not reflective of the position of the company. No part of this podcast may be reproduced, stored in a retrieval system, or transmitted in any form or by any means, mechanical, electronic, recording, or otherwise without prior written permission of the creator of the podcast, Jay Allen.